Hello and welcome to The Voices Project. I'm Liz Barker and I'm joined by Becky Webb and together on this podcast we talk to people about their experiences of the arts during the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis of 2020. We ask people how they got into the arts, what the arts means to them, what it's been like during lockdown and what they think the future holds. Today we are joined by Grace and Rachel who are the amazing team that is Ugly Bucket Theatre. Ugly Bucket fused clown, techno and verbatim to bring hilarious and hard-hitting pieces of work to the stage. Their past productions include Boast Uni Plus, a show about post-university depression, Two Clowns One Cup, which explores women's sexuality, and their most recent piece of work is Good Grief, a show about grief. We talk about their journey over the past three years as a company, how their devising and creative process works, how that's changed during lockdown, and what kind of work it is they would like to make now. Like everything in this pandemic, the podcast is recorded over remote video conferencing software. During this episode recording, Becky was having a lot of difficulty with the sound on her laptop, but I think I've been able to remedy most of that through the edit. The Voices Project is an open platform for anyone who is involved in any way with the arts to share their thoughts, feelings and experiences of art in the current crisis, brought to you by March for the Arts. If you would like to participate and share your voice, you can find out how to do that by visiting our website, www.marchforthearts.com. Hello and um, welcome Ugly Bucket Theatre. We've got Grace and Rachel with us today with me and Becky. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you guys doing? Very good. Hello. Very, very well, thank you. In this very echoey room. Yes, yes. We are all, um, as the pandemic goes on, obviously still at a very, very great distance talking over the internet. Um, so we have a variety of, uh, of audio quality today. I know Becky, just before we started recording, you were having some microphone issues that we managed to resolve just yeah. at the last minute. With the world's worst headphones that I have in at the moment. So... <laughs> It's a, it's a nice variety of, uh, I'm finding as we record more and more of these podcasts, we get a real sort of variety of, uh, of, of Zoom calls and of sort of like locations people find themselves in to do recordings as well. It's quite fun. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I wanted to just, uh, before we sort of get into some of the, the more deeper, not that this podcast gets very deep, but um, I was just wondering just for everyone who's listening, people who haven't heard of Ugly Bucket, I know, unfortunately, there are people out there who've never engage with your work but that group of people get smaller as the days goes on can you guys just give us a bit of a uh, a rundown of yourselves um and of the company and sort of how you how you how we got to ugly bucket today what's that journey been like um so the work the work that we do um with ugly bucket the type of work that's kind of like formed over the past nearly three years um is it's a kind of real mashup of clowning and techno music uh, and verbatim and so what we kind of do is we uh, kind of combine in a really unconventional way this really uh, garish loud colourful like bonkersness with topics that we think are really poignant or difficult or people find it hard to talk about um, and we use comedy and we use clowning and we use being ridiculous as a way to approach these topics and it's kind of, yeah very much head-on and we find that like when we approach them this way it kind of just dearms it and it opens them up for discussion so it's all about sparking discussion and sparking thoughts in a way that you might never have thought you would have done before so the first show we made was when we left university and we made a show on postgraduate depression and that's because that's how we were feeling um and it just seemed like it was like a therapy of every week um with some friends just making a stupid show about postgraduate depression and then that kind of started a snowball and the ball just kept rolling. Yeah, then we did um, Two Clients One Cup and that was kind of like almost small scale in terms of cast because it was just Grace and Crystal and then that's that's definitely more where I came on board with like building and kind of we all sort of started to push the comedy 
even further. Um, so that is like an entirely stupid, ridiculous, um, we like to think funny. It is funny. That's just fact, like actually. Fact. Um, and yeah, it's a really funny and it just explores sex head on. Why don't we talk about it? How have we been taught, taught it in the past? And let's re-educate ourselves um, as females in the world of sex and trying to like navigate what it means to enjoy it, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, so then all these shows, by the way, have been touring as, as we've like, we've kind of learned that as we've gone along a bit, haven't we? Kind of. The touring has definitely been a learn as you go along yeah. experience. Turn or up. Get, or like getting, fun, doing, like doing funded stuff or ever. Very ugly bucket has very much been, I feel from the beginning, learning as you go along, completely just like, um, it's like we're all a team and we tackle everything we know that the end goal is we want an audience to have that discussion that's yeah. it so what, how we do it is different and most of the stuff we've learned we've learned by doing it wrong and then going oh that that was really wrong and um, so yeah we've made like loads of mistakes that i think have made us like way better as a company now um and then we uh, in april last year um someone quite important to us passed away um, from cancer, but before he passed away, he asked us if we he if we would do a short ugly bucket piece on death to be shown at his memorial service, um, and that was like a ten minute idea that grew into this kind of beast that is good grief now, which has been our latest, well not, not our latest actually considering what we've done with lockdown, we've done, lockdown. Some, <laughs> we've yeah, done some in lockdown, but before lockdown Good Grief was kind of like our the most, big show, the big show, the big, the most ambitious, I feel like Good Grief is Ugly Bucket, um, self-discover, I think we yes. know ourselves best in Good Grief and I think it was our biggest challenge because I think like we, we like to combine comedy with the tricky stuff and and this is like this the was, trickiest of things. There's nothing just, trickier than um, trying to then like try to process death and grief yeah. in this funny way. And and um, did we talk about it quite a lot in in rehearsal? Is like we're never laughing at it, and it's always that's what we're trying mm -hmm. to balance. And as soon as you say it's a comedy thing and it's by death, everyone goes, but it's not funny. It's just not funny. But actually, there's so much nuance in grief and how we deal with it and understanding it. Mm. And loads of the show actually isn't funny. Loads of it is. There's just loads of non There's listening. so much. There's so much sad stuff in it because, like, it is sad. But I think, yeah, a lot of the time people think you're you're laughing at at death, and we're like, that's not. We never laugh at anything. I don't think we no. ever laugh at anything. No. I think we always find comedy in things. But it's we don't laugh at stuff, and it, and that's why I think we we've really developed a way because we work with verbatim and we work with real stories. I think we found a way of we we're, we're we're so um, careful and try to be respectful. and respectful and as, and as sensitive as possible with the stories we get, and we we try and show it in the way we think we want people for it to be shown and do what it deserves. But we never laugh at anything, but we laugh about everything. Yes. We don't laugh at stuff. I suppose it's that quite clown thing of finding the ridiculousness in a situation to yeah. find the humanity, like you say, tackling subjects and stuff. So who, if we were to sort of say, ugly bucket, who, who are they? Who does it consist of? Is it just the two of you or is, is there others among you? Others in the bucket, as it were? We <laughs> we run we run it we run a bucket together, um, and then we have so we had um, a, a core of three in both Ginny Clues, and then we had like a, a two for two crowns one cup, which was me and Crystal. But Crystal, Crystal's just had a baby, literally in the past few days, um, brand new, brand new baby. <laughs> Um, and then for Good Grief, we auditioned. We did. We we knew we wanted Good Grief to be a bigger cast, so we auditioned. Um, so we had our original Boston Reviews three. I held an audition. We were aiming to cast one other person. We were going to do it at four people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then after the audition, we 
there was no way that we could choose between these two people that we loved so much that we just went up. Both, yeah, we were both. So then we made a good group of past of five. And it was mad because I could never imagine it as anything else. And I think we've now hit a point uh, with it where we, we have a really lovely, lovely team. team, a really great core um, company performer. So I think at the moment we seem to be like a group of five. We have, we have Duncan. Um, does all the music for us? Who's my brother? He does all our he does all our music. So I think we've got a good team of like eight people. Yeah, I've got mm -hmm. the performers also do quite. They're so heavily involved in the devising. Like we auditioned before we had a show. We knew the kind of concept. We knew the idea. We knew where things were going with it. So we had a bit of a skeleton almost. Mm -hmm. Even then, we didn't really know where it ended. Yeah. And then we bring people on board because it's also our experience. So we're telling the people whose voices we're, we're, we're using in the shows and then we're also using ourselves. So, so much of it is we talk about being a vessel and then also using that as our own experiences. So loads of it was channeling what we feel. So I'm like, say Angelina's in a scene, for example, who's one of the performers. I'll go, okay, Angelina, listen to what this person is saying. Can you relate? Do you just want to act as the vessel or you know that sort of thing so it's really nice everyone builds together so at the show is all of us yeah it's quite nice yeah it's nice so we've got like there's like eight of us we have like five performers and then we've got like a team of three um and then but for, and that's for now but i'm i'm knowing me in the future i want to do like a 30 massive i want to, i have a i do have a picture in my head of one day doing an ugly bucket show that has like a cast of literally like 100 100 so <laughs> if anyone who wants to be in will definitely be in at some point yeah. because I, I can just be um grown but yeah what's been like really fantastic for me because i've known you guys for for quite some time now i mean i've known rachel rachel and i were in college together many many moons ago and then grace and i obviously we went to university together and and, and you guys were forming just out of university and i graduated before you guys did but i've sort of like been able to really see your growth as a as a company and as as practitioners and as performers and directors and all this sort of stuff and what always stumps me is the amount of content and amazing quality content the two of you managed to sort of spearhead together and like I remember working up at the Edinburgh Fringe last year which was you guys were at the Edinburgh Fringe you were doing runs with two of your shows and the amount of sort of work it takes to run one Edinburgh Fringe show is fantastic and you guys brought two shows you brought both your shows um which I believe was both uni plus and uh, two clowns one cup and you were running the both of those shows during the Fringe last year and I just remember feeling so sort of like in awe of your sort of ability to run such a successful company as 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 you two and obviously that trajectory has been building and building and I know that you managed to you secured some support with the Holbeck to develop Good Grief, I think, and, yeah. and seeing that was really like incredible. And, and this trajectory was going and going and going, and then obviously we hit we hit lockdown. And and I, I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about how that's been to be on this sort of like you were you were winning awards, you were you were mm. doing sellout fringe runs, you were doing sort of like getting support from the Holbeck and, and doing R and D processes and getting featured on the BBC and you're, you're on this amazing trajectory and everything in the country stops in terms of live performance. What was that like? So like without wanting to give too much away because there's, because there's stuff that might happen in the future, but 2020 was going to be the year for the small good yeah. dreams. And like it was, we had, a, we, it was, yeah, we had a massive year and it did, and like you're saying with that trajectory, it, it did feel like because we've been so coasting the, the kind of line of getting from that fringy venue to, we, we were about to hit that, you know, mid-tier, like really, I felt like Good Grief was a show. Yeah, and we were, we were about to step it up. We're about to step to, up to what we felt was like the next level. Um, and then, yeah, and then, I don't know, I think when it all happened, it, it was it was really devastating, but also there was a part of me that was like, because we weren't being left behind, because it was like a, 
everybody was in the same boat, like everything stopped. I think that made it in a way easier because it wasn't like everyone was racing ahead and we were being left behind. It yeah. was like, it felt like it was a real unity stop where everyone was just like, well, it's, it's all, every, everyone's lost everything. So, and it was strange because it was like, everything so so we would go 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 and then we'll stop then you're dealing with like the things that are bigger than bigger than yourself and bigger than just your heart so like oh my god all this is going on in the world this is so awful then when you have those moments when you're like what two weeks in and you go i've not done anything for two weeks this is so strange that's like a whole other process and then lockdown was kind of like really settling and because I, we both lived together, um, and we both were, were a bit like wobbly on days. Then we were fine on days, and it was very like taking turns of like, "How are you feeling? I'm great. I'm rubbish. I'm great. I'm rubbish." And we always make a joke of like, we both can't be at the same time, or else everything will fall apart. If one of us is one, if one of us is stressed we'll be fine if both of us are stressed that's when game over normally we're like this but if we're both that then yeah. it's just completely game over. and there was just a, there was just a really nice moment when we kind of saw the homemakers project which is run by home manchester and we saw that they were releasing like a commission and we were like Ooh. and it was definitely one of those where it was like both of us were one of the and i'm going is this good? No, I hate the idea. Then it's, yeah. then Grace is like, no, I love the idea. And then she's like, I don't want to do anything creative. I'm not creative. And I'm like, maybe we are. No, I'm not. Then yeah. And then all of a sudden, there was a lot of like, I remember really um, at the start of lockdown and then, and then it felt like there was a real surge of creativity from people and then people doing their I've done this, I've found the time to do this project and I found the time to do that. Learn a new skill. Yeah, I've got this new idea and I, and I, and I, I found that really stressful because I, I just wasn't, I didn't care. I just, I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about doing a project. I did not care about doing it. And like, there was times when like me and Rachel might talk about an idea or make because then it was like, oh, well, there's this funding available. So, and I was really going, but I, I don't, I, I'm very much the type of person where I would never force an idea because I, if I'm not, if I don't care about it, no. I won't do it. So we never, we never tried to force anything, which is why I think if you look at it, the work has always really happened, always happened really organically. Cause I think with a lot of companies, cause we made three shows in less than two years. And like, I feel like in the, in, in, if I was in the right mind, I wouldn't have done it. But like because it was organic, organic, and at that point in time we had to do it, it because it needed to happen, and yeah. it needed to happen then. That's when it happened. So we'd never do anything if we didn't feel like it had to happen. Um, and then, and then I think with AB6, so we, we knew that there was this funding available. And then I think was someone so, and then I think somehow one of us, or you, someone threw in an idea, and all of a sudden it was an idea that I liked. And the switch in me from going, I don't want to do anything ever to like within ten like 10 seconds, ten seconds ten because seconds. I heard it and I liked the idea. And all of a sudden it was like, and then <laughs> it's so, I remember this so clearly, it's so bizarre. So Grace, Grace lives with her boyfriend and he literally, right, got up, got up, left the room and probably went to the toilet. By the time he came back, we had the idea because it literally went, oh, and it could be like this, oh, and it could be like this. And then we both do that, and then we go, right, let's start the application. Let's do application. Off we go. And we did the application within like half an, hour, half an hour and just and was like, we like that idea, that's great, and sent it off. And that's, and that's when we made ABC, which I, I loved. It was so fun. It was like so a really fun. nice, because a big thing that I think I was focused on is making work that only exists in that time. It was quite interesting and being like, lockdown happens, this is how we feel, here's how we feel creatively, have that, we can move on now with our lives and do whatever we want to do because we think... For anyone who's not seen it, can you tell us a little bit more about ABC and, and what it is? And, and yeah. yeah, ABC is a film, so we made a short film and we um, set out, we put out a call out for people to send us um, their audio 
answering the question, how have you kept busy in lockdown? And they could send us anything. And it was our first ever open call out of being like, everyone. Yeah. Come and send us we were like, anyone who wants to send us stuff can send us stuff. And we got loads of great audio through people talking about what they've done in lockdown to stay busy, or even people saying what they've not done. So funny. Um, Some of the stuff that they send us so funny. Yeah. They don't even know. This girl talking about baking too much. So, so funny. funny. So then we take that audio um, and then put it against these ridiculous visuals. So basically the idea is like the clients are keeping themselves busy because they're, they're not on stage. The video, the video feels almost like a step-by-step uh, -step guide. It feels, it's like, it feels 90s children's show, step-by-step -step guide to being productive in lockdown. This is how you make the most of your lockdown. And honestly, I feel like that's all I want to say about it because go and go and watch it and i know that we made it but like <laughs> it's so when i say like the, the twists and turns and like i feel like what you what you start to watch when you watch it at the beginning and when you get to the end you have no idea how you even got to where it finishes yeah and i feel like yeah yeah, and is that available on the on the home website? Is that Manchester Home website? Yeah, yeah. if you yeah. go to Manchester Homemakers or go or go to our socials and stuff, you can find it really easily. And it's it's like nine minutes, it's like ten minutes of your time. Yeah, um, ABC, yeah. anything but COVID, because we don't. We should be able to get a link to that, and we'll probably be able to find a link to that. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll drop a we'll drop a link in the description of the uh, of the podcast so that anyone can uh, can Thank click you. through to Hi. that. What I want to ask if, it, if it's all right is just, it's quite interesting the way you were talking about lockdown and Grace in particular feeling like you don't want to do anything because I, as a freelance performing clown as well, and that idea of, oh, this is just, I, I don't, I don't want to be creative for the sake of being creative and I don't just want to do stuff. I was just wondering if there's an element that you guys felt of of grief that lockdown was sort of dealing with grief in a way of having opportunities and a way of life that we had before that literally just stopped. I think so. I think I think funnily it, re it also really relates to when we made those two clues because I think a lot of the work that we made like it was interesting making a show that was about grief in a real literal sense but even when we made those two clues that was about mourning um, your university, like that university career gone, and like, and like I think everything. I think in life, we're I think we're constantly mourning and constantly um, things move things on, end. and you're like, and then oh, we don't have time to process. Yeah, the world is so fast, and then it stopped, and everyone was like, Whoop. but even when it stopped, it felt like there were people were like trying to force it, it to move on, and I was like. Can we just start? That's kind of what just ABC start. So much talk of ABC when we were making it and discussing it was I just wish everyone would shut up. Shut and this up. is ourselves included. We were like, I wish I would shut up. Think talking about this same bloody thing. Mm. Do you know, so annoying, but then also so prevalent and it was what was going on. Yeah. So it's just like but I was just like, shut up and I'll yeah. stuff. But I think it totally it totally relates to grief and, and that feeling of like Everything it feels like the, everything should stop. Why I don't know. It's like, like why do why do it keep going? Why do we keep going? And why do we're so trying to force like this kind of moving forward? And people are so are so afraid of just like sitting as cringe as it says, like in the moment. And like I think allowing yourself feelings and allowing yourself emotion is like literally so important. Yeah, we need to learn it more. Yeah, I don't think we're, we're all great at it. And I think there was a lesson we massively learned when we when we were making our shows because because we tackle topics um, that are like difficult. Um, I think something that we learned the hard way by doing it wrong and then going oh okay this is how we do it is that in our shows we don't have to give people the answers. And I think people are constantly looking for the answers. And I think that when everyone went into the lockdown, I think that kind of pushing forward is again, that feeling of like, 
answers I need answers yeah. and I need I need to go forward whereas like we found that in our shows just presenting it is enough that's enough so like especially like with both students like we can't cure grief and we can't cure postgraduate depression but we can present to you all these people that feel the same way and in a way that's kind of enough for people so I think we learned that the hard way by creating like an awful ending to Ocean Cruise like a while ago where which was really makes me sick to think about it um, but yeah well, so we now we know we've been the depression only... for a bit and then scrapped we went oh we'll, we'll not let everyone it was know horrible. Like, <laughs> it, was, it just was really patronizing and like and it's hard because it's like the reason we changed the ending is because we got loads of feedback from people saying, I wish there was like hard advice. I wish I wish there was hard advice or I wish there was like just black and white, what's my fix? So then we were like really tried to we got this feedback and we were like, we have to, we have to have to do and we did it and it didn't work. And then we went back to how it was and everyone was like much better. Um, so I think sometimes you might get you get feedback and then it does it might not be right but it, you just have to try it but like it's sometimes stuff just won't work even if everyone's telling you this is what would work you go we go we've tried it <laughs> I can uh, I can for a moment if you'll all forgive me get incredibly pretentious and talk about how Aristotle once said um, <laughs> That's to create this live entertainment stuff that we do, whether it's theatre, whether it's music, whether it's clown, whether it's whatever you want to bracket it as. This, this people come together and they share stories, and our job is is to hold a mirror to nature. It's not to sort of like give a comment on that, but it's to present it back and to go look at what happens, look at look yeah. at yourselves, look at the people around you. Let's present it in this way that we can all sit together and look at it instead of experiencing it in our lives. And I think that's a lot of what I see in your work anyway. And it's so interesting to hear you talk yeah. about it that way. I think some of the nicest feedback we've ever got is when I, th I think some re a review once said like that what they said that the what makes our work the way it is is that we're not saying anything but we're just presenting things in a funny way we're, it's real life we're just going we're not saying anything about it but we're going to present it like this and doesn't that say everything about it so it's like and it's and it's it's um i think i remember i lived i actually remember i think about both because i think you wrote something somewhere where you in the feedback form i remember this really clearly you wrote that it was totally unpretentious. And I remember that being really valuable. We taught you, yeah, we talked about that loads. I was just like, I'm so glad people don't think the work is pretentious because like it's making work on like mental health or grief and, and these like and these like hard hitting topics, it's very easy to fall into that kind of pretentious patronizing world. So it was really wonderful that it felt it didn't feel like that. I'm being really happy about that. I'm glad I'm glad I, I don't remember writing that but I'm sure I definitely did because I would definitely say that about your work and I'm really glad my anonymous feedback form was given away probably by my handwriting <laughs> yeah. yeah also while we're here another another like thing I remember is when we did Boshi Cruise for the first time and it was the first thing we ever put on anywhere and we charged um, for students it was free for everyone else it was a pound and Liz Barker put a tenner in <laughs> And was like, <laughs> and Mark was like, I know it's hard starting out, and gave the tenor, and I've really held on to that and remembered it. We so still have it. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's oh um, yeah I really remember that because I remember and Becky and I have spoken about this a little bit as we've been talking about March for the Arts stuff and and sort of where as we formed as well to sort of think about how we can champion freelancers and emerging artists and and new companies and all the people who are really suffering right now is that actually oftentimes we don't value our work in the way that we would like to value our work because there's so many social constructs around that but also this it's so hard often to break into that and I really remember coming to see that show that day and seeing sort of I knew how much work you'd all put into that and I, I remember thinking if I'd have been when I was in this position a year before or two years before something like that would have been such a real sort of kickstarter for me and I thought I, that was a thing for me and it's always been my ideology to give back as much as I possibly can so that was that was for me it was a, a no-brainer to kind of be like no you've, you've put so much work in and actually that show in the quality it was in at that point if I'd have been sitting in 
not a university drama studio, but one of our other uh, theatres in the city, I would have been paying £10 to come and see that show even in that state. And for me, that was a real statement in the value that I saw in you guys and that actually, as, it, as we're going forward through this pandemic, it's a sort of things we keep reevaluating, which is what is our value? What in, our, in society as well as much as anything else? I mean, obviously we're getting some rescue money from the government, we're getting various bits and pieces, but often it feels to me anyway, a little bit like it's sort of a pittance. It's sort of a bit like, oh, well, we'll throw a bit of money at the clowns and then they'll all go away and be happy again. And it, it, I know I'm sort of like digressing slightly, but I, I wonder sort of, there's a, a wider conversation, I think that's slowly building out of lockdown, which is that we are very valuable to society in that what we do brings a lot of money to the economy, but what we do also brings a lot of um, joy or happiness or even just resolution uh, to people when they come and see what we do. And, and that's something I think you as a company very much do as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, valuing ourselves and valuing our work continues to be our biggest challenge it's such a it's such a conflict like an inner conflict to ask for money is so strange when it's, it's a real battle we were we were talking about this recently as well like that idea of it's a real cultural thing mm. that we all have as creatives and artists of what is our, our value and, and what is our worth kind of thing i remember so it was a, a businesswoman that I had once said that everyone knows the cost of everything and the value of nothing, um, which I was just like, <laughs> yeah. um, but I think the way we, we do that and the competitive nature of, of the industry can run the risk of, of doing that. Yeah. It's insane because also the, the sad, I feel like the sad truth is, is that like uh, we've spent three years working for like no money, like Ugly Bucket, we've had funding like once. We had funding once for Motion Blues. Oh, every other show that we've made, uh, and we, we, we got a bit of money from the whole, but we've had amazing support, but like money, like the money that it takes, we've never had. It's mainly, yeah, support. And when we say support, it's all in kind stuff, which yeah. is amazing stuff anyway. But it's, but it's yeah. like, I think the hard reality of our, our journey is that if we didn't, if we did it being paid what we should be paid, we wouldn't be here. None of it I don't happen. know how you would set up a company. I don't know how, if, if you couldn't, it's impossible. You know, it's literally impossible. So the only reason we're at where we are, which, I, which is in a really good place yeah. to be, is because it's not been, it's not been um, equity at all. <laughs> like, no. And also when we, we make, we've made work from like barely any budget, and the, the work never suffers. The work I think we've made has always been the same work that we would have made when we had, yeah. We suffer, we suffer <laughs> and, and like the people who need to eat food, they they are always yeah. been the ones that that and suffered. And it's, it's, and it's just and we hate it, but like horrible, we, can, we do it all the time. Yeah, we continue to do it. We do we're doing it this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's like a horrible conversation. Yeah like a horrible conversation to have. I remember when we were making Good Grief and when we did the audition for Good Grief, we really had to say to everyone in the room, please be aware right now that this could be paid and it might not be. And that's, well, like it's so horrible, but we were like, we've put in the application, we're rooting for it just as much as you are. Mm. Like if you want to be involved, be aware of that. Yeah. And that's what's also amazing about the team is that we're all on that same thing. We shouldn't have to be, but we're all in that same mindset of if it's not paid, we do it for the love of it. Yeah, but we are also getting to a point. I think now, no. now as a company, if we don't get the funding, we won't do it. Like we probably won't. We, we don't. With the, with the last thing we did, the last thing we did that with was with good grief. We didn't get the funding, um, and we did it anyway. Um, with our own money yeah. and like and like the 1500 pounds that we had from Slumglow um, and that's what we made it from and that was the last time we'd do it yeah but I because I think we've got to that point but to get there I don't know how you do it without sacrificing that thing that is it sh and it shouldn't be like that but I 
don't know what I don't know the answers. Although you give us more money. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and um, you mentioned the, this upcoming uh, weekend, Rachel. Obviously, this this podcast is not going to go out for a, a couple of weeks, so everyone who listens to it will be after the fact. But can you tell us a little bit about your uh, your next sort of lockdown project? I've seen some photographs on your social media. I think today or yesterday, you're in a rehearsal room. You're doing some rehearsals. What is this? Tell me an more. We were in an actual rehearsal room for the first time in 2020, which was Really stunning. Good, good. Um, so this is the Holly Blobs. Um, and basically it's the without walls, without walls fund have um com- like commission, it's not commission. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's cult- culture Liverpool, is it? it's culture Liverpool's mm. without walls fund. Yeah. So they've given us a bit of money to make um something for the streets. So we've we've basically created this alien family who come to visit Liverpool as tourists and they are like epitome of tourists. They're going to explore the docks um, and it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be so ridiculous. The, the costumes, the costumes are quite literally out of this world. Oh, we've worked with um, Sasha Gilmore um, for the first time as a designer who I know has done lots of stuff in Liverpool went to live I think she's done loads um, with VIP puppets um, she is incredible like so, it was just amazing like yeah. such a smooth process of just being like we've got this idea these aliens they're tourists we want them to kind of feel a bit weird and then she goes boom yeah. and, and all these costumes are so fun and it's the performances that we've seen so far, we've literally not even done that many rehearsals yet, and it's in a couple of days. Mm. But it's so funny. And it's, it's so it's... funny to remember how absolutely, like, ridiculously funny every performer is involved in a Liverpool. And, you're, and there was just a moment I was like, this is why, this is why it's so worth it, because just it's been a pure joy thing a joy everything else that we've done so far has had real meaning has had real like what is this about like you know like but the holly blobs has been only for yeah. our own joy um and that's what's been and it's been the most stress-free thing we've ever done yeah which we really like feels like a lack of because there's no verbatim involved with all of such a lack of responsibility with it in yeah. terms of there's no pressure it's just Fun, fun, fun. It is fun. And it's totally different from anything we've ever done because we've never done street work. Um, this is our first street walkabout street act. Um, but it's something that we've wanted to do for years. And the learning that we have gone through in the last mm. two days. We had Alice Whitney from Egg People come and workshop with us and she was just fantastic. And like you look at like street performers and you think, oh yeah, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, easy, yeah. And it's so difficult because you think people are just going onto the street and the cops will be like, <laughs> but it's not. It's it's like the rules, the rules and the, the levels. levels. There's it's different been, levels. It's she's been brilliant. It's been amazing. It's so much fun, and it's, we're still learning, and that's so incredible. I love that. Like we can be this far in, and we're still learning like new skills and new methods. Oh, it's incredible. So like this weekend. If people come and see it, if you came to see it, I hope you liked it. But we, it's it's also so it's like I've got no idea what's going to happen this weekend because it's like it's just it's just an it's an improvised it's an improvisation based thing. So we just go out for forty five minutes at a time and we just see what happens. It's, and that is so exciting. So we're like rehearsing yeah. like the characters and rehearsing like these rules and these formulas that we have on the street. But at this weekend, anything could happen. It's whatever the 5th and 6th of September will bring. Yeah, we will, let's, let's find out. <laughs> Nervous is the word. And excited is mm. also the word. It sounds incredible. I'm, I'm very excited for you. I, uh, I'm hoping to be able to come, come down on the, the Sunday. I'm, I'm out of the city on Saturday this week, but I'm hoping hoping to be able to pop down there are these sort of opportunities now that are slowly starting to open up we've seen announcements over the last couple of weeks about sort of new festivals that are sort of popping up in outdoor spaces and obviously we are slowly moving towards potentially having indoor shows again but our social distancing is making that incredibly difficult 
and work I don't know about you guys but I definitely feel like the train driver's sort of gone at the minute in terms of like we've been told by the government yeah go and do things here's a here's a here's a roadmap here we'll, we'll get you moving we'll throw some money at the arts we'll do this we'll do that but then everyone's just sort of disappeared from the map room and um we're sort of being left a little bit to our own devices i personally feel i know that up and down the country i'm seeing a lot of people sort of making up their best sort of efforts um to sort of decide oh yeah, we can do an outdoor event here, but oh no, you can't do an outdoor event here, or, or we'll license this, but we won't license that. I mean, I'm seeing stories from technicians who are saying they've got events licenses from the council and the police turn up to try and shut down a rave because they think it's a rave, but it's a licensed event for the council. So all up and down the country, things are still a bit upended and it's fantastic things are reopening, but what are you sort of feeling about how we move forward a little bit from this kind of transitional phase, do you think it's getting better? Do you think this is temporary? How does it feel? The lack of communication, I mean, not even from an arts point of view, but from an entire COVID everywhere point of view has been a tr the fact that like no one is on, no one, I don't know what the guidelines are anymore. Do you, I don't know. No one knows like, and it's like, and it's the difference that you might go into one restaurant and there's certain rules and you go to another restaurant and it's completely, no one's on the same page and everyone's just fending for themselves. And I think that is an absolute key. That's um, key for people turning on each other. And we like, and even like in, yeah, so I think like the fact that there's like no clarity and there's no like consistency and everyone's just got to fend for themselves and do what they think is what's going to turn us all against each other. I think as well mm. in like theatre world is like, like seeing what that person's theatre's doing and then I see, well, why are you doing that? And what, I think it's just like, it's just a recipe for disaster. And, and it feels like for us, we're still doing like, what's available, we'll, we'll have. It's very much like, oh, there's a fund, let's apply for it. Oh, this is going on, let's apply for it. Is that the best thing for us? Probably not. But it's, it's the only thing that we can do, into, and that's financial probably, is we're just being mm. like, oh, okay, this is a pocket, maybe we can work something for that. Because or... also thinking about like trying to replan the tour, the tour that we've lost, that's gone um, from this year, and trying to like, okay, let's try and replan that next year. I wouldn't even know where to start. Who would you get in touch who, with? I wouldn't know who's, who's open. open, I wouldn't know who's not. Um, I don't know. There's just no clarity. I just, and also I feel like I don't want to rush back into it I don't want I don't like I don't want to try and like force um out, outdoor social distance good grief well I don't want to force it it's like um tour booking is difficult in itself anyway tour booking every is single venue works differently some people's programmers are available on the website some people's you really have yeah. to hunt for some you have to know personally you have to meet them network I others think, it's like get in touch we're yeah open. i think the issue i think the issues were already there in terms of like and that kind of relationship between venues and artists and like that kind of power struggle i think the issues are already there and then i think covid adds just like it's a whole other issue but i think it's rooted in the issues that already existed in the fact that everybody works every every single venue and every single works completely differently and no one knows what the one thing is yeah yeah it's yeah. so it's, it's a minefield it's like and it's almost it's almost like we've we've kind of like got these structures in place now that if it we're almost ready we're trying to hopefully be ready for anything so we're hoping to like um this the holly blobs they can go somewhere else if this is all that's going to be left for a while they can go and we can get them booked hopefully that's a thing and that's like a plan in our head as a potential, but that might not be the case. They might go in two weeks. Well, it won't be two weeks. It's like months, isn't it? That they said they're going to discuss it. But those, it's it's so confusing. Yeah. And I just don't know what to do. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's so it's so up in the air. But I I do want to ask because we are sort of asking everyone if you in a in an imaginary or or maybe who knows what the future holds in the rest of 2020 but in, in a world where you do get to sit down with 
with Oliver Dowden, who is our culture secretary, with Rishi Sunak, who is our chancellor, and with Boris Johnson, who is currently our prime minister. Um, if you got to sit down with them and sort of lay in front of them what needs doing, why it needs doing, and, and how you think it should be done, what, what would that conversation be? What would you say? I'd just be like, why do you think it, it's that little money? I'd just be like, what? I don't know. I'd want to show them a budget. I'd be like, this is, our, this is a budget for like, I don't, I, I don't know. It, I'm just, there's just not enough money. And it's like, there's no money invested in to the art. It feels like I don't get it. I would really love to know if the jet because it really, really feels like there's no importance there. And it this is so stupid. But the I was I was at home and I I don't I never have daytime TV on, but at home it's just on in the background, right? And I'm watching this thing and it was when the big one point something billion pounds have been released and it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And all these people were going like, is it even worth it? What's this even for? And then all these people on the show were like, I don't even go to the theatre other than Panto. And I was just like, this is all passed down from these people not having the importance. Imagine if Boris Johnson stood there and went, the theatre is so important. Think about the culture. Think about the, the joy that it brings us. What is the world without culture? What is the world without um, comedy and you know tragedy? All these things. Imagine that, it would just be so amazing, but it just feels like that will never happen. I just feel like it would be so nice. When it was like middle of lockdown, I remember feeling like, is there any point in what I do? Is this, is there any point in anything? And then, it's only now that I'm back in the rehearsal room, months later, then I'm going, oh my gosh, this is it. This laughter that I'm literally experiencing is what it's all about. And seeing people smile on the street when we did a rehearsal the other day, it was just like, that's why we yeah. do it. I'm like, I just, I'm like, why are you making us compete for money? <laughs> Stop making us compete this much to, to do our jobs. I don't, I, I don't know. It's just, there's just, I just don't, there's just no, why is there not enough money in this? And it's like, it just feels like the support, the support was, from what I know, I, I'm not in this industry, but it felt as like a customer that like the e-type to help out was amazing because it was like, everybody wins. Everybody wins there in terms of like loads of loads of sales go on every every day. Everyone There's except people can get hospitality, hospitality staff, staff who who don't win. <laughs> who are like getting like absolute burdens. But then it's like, is there a sort of scheme that's similar for us where it's like we you can get cheaper tickets for theatre? Well, then even then, I don't know if I like that idea because it devalues. I don't know. Well, it's such a such a complicated complicated mm -hmm. thing but I think a lot of the things you're saying there are so are valid and it's stuff we're hearing constantly me and Becky from people and it's stuff that we fully fully yeah. agree with you on I think it's an arts thing I even find that now that like even like um the, the fun that we got to make the holly blobs like it's like sometimes I'll be talking to some of my friends and they say, oh, we got some money to make uh, this thing. And they are, oh, that's amazing. Like, how much did you get? And I'm like, oh, we got this. And they are like, how, how, and, and I just feel like going, that's not a lot of money. I think because then you break do, it down. People don't understand. You hear a song and you go, oh, no. but then like, when you break things down into like people being paid minimum wage, people, it's like, you're like, that's not a lot of money. <laughs> Like, so it's like, I don't know, I think, I think we just have a, I think pe people think just art is, people think art is cheap, and art is not cheap. Theatre is not cheap. Making theatre isn't cheap. People don't realise that time is money, and I think it's what people don't see in the arts. People see, like, a, come see a show, and they, and like, and they think, oh, how much that would have been? Oh, about 200 quid, you spent 200 quid on the props, and you're like, but the time people don't realize the amount of time and effort that it takes even like the time and effort to run a company like time is literally money and yeah it's strange like so we all we're always so transparent with everyone in the cast before we go into anything it's so like this is how much we're getting this is how much we're going to pay you this is how much we're going to pay this person that's coming this is how much we're going to spend on this and they're all like 
that's amazing, I can't believe I'm getting paid. You and normally, our, our, our team can't believe that they get lunch. We're just like, yeah. so it's just like, but that's not how it should be. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely. It's, it's that attitude of, well, you've done it for three for so far. You've done it for free. You should only to manage to live. You should be able, and it's like, no, that's not why we did it for free. <laughs> we did it because we, we still, Like the amount of times that we still get like, um, requests from people who say oh like um i once had a message off someone that was, it was really funny because they're like we're doing this thing this event um and we're looking for acts um to come and perform at it and lucky you you were the first people i thought of and then and it was like an unpaid wanted to do like a whole Travel show down. a whole show for free and i was like but lucky us because you thought of us and I was just like, travel down I in a week. Felt, I was like, no, you don't realise how outrageous that is what you've just asked, because you would, no one else would do, no, there's no other industry that would do that. So why should we do that for free? Yeah. Silly. Silly. yeah. So, so, so much validity in everything that you're saying. I'm just like, I, I want to contribute more to what we're saying, but I'd just be like totally agreeing with everything you're saying. I just need like a big sign that says like thumbs up, but obviously that doesn't work on a podcast either. Um, so thank you so much, Rachel and Grace, for coming and chatting with us about all of this stuff. Um, it's so interesting to hear about all the stuff you've been making in lockdown, but also that sort of like the emotional journey that's been through all of that and I'm very very excited about the holly bobs which is coming to the docks in Liverpool um, on the 5th and 6th of September and then maybe who knows who knows where it might may or may not go hopefully hopefully, hopefully indeed um where can people find out more about ugly bucket and yourselves where can people find you on the internet uh so you can go to our website which is uglybuckettheatre.com uh, or you can check out our socials at Ugly Bucket Theatre on Facebook. We're at Ugly Bucket Theatre on Instagram and we are at Ugly Bucket on Twitter. Thank you for listening to The Voices Project. This podcast is produced by March for the Arts. The Voices Project is an open platform for anyone who is involved in any way with the arts to share their thoughts, feelings and experiences of art in the current crisis. If you would like to participate and share your voice, you can find out how to do that by visiting our website, www.marchforthearts.com. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review, subscribe or share. You can find out more about what we're doing on our social media.